Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. What's happening, Bone? Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you, man. we got a lot going on in the world of soccer today we're going to get into. We've obviously got a uh, new head man at Chelsea. Frank Lampard is out, so we'll talk about him. And Mr. Tukes, Thomas Tuchel, taking over. We'll see uh, how that goes for one Christian Pulisic among everyone else there at Chelsea. We'll also talk about the Copa Italia and a wonderful little dust-up between Romelu Lukaku and Zlatan Ibrahimovic that has uh, the soccer world abuzz and uh, that was quite a game so we'll, we'll discuss some of that and uh, there's a new rumor about a crew player possibly a Colombian winger that is being rumored but all I can tell you is everything is crazy and we don't even know what's going to happen with the MLS season because uh, as of this recording we're recording on Thursday midnight on Thursday night, Friday morning is the deadline for this new CBA. So we're not going to get into that much right now because who knows what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. But just know we're aware of it, but we're not going to really talk about it because next week there will be more to talk about when we know one way or the other what the hell's going on. So in the meantime, we will. Yeah, and it's fascinating, too, because the league just laid out their plans, you know, for MLS is back. Uh, You know, what is it? The third and fourth of April, I think. And, you know, rivalry week and all these things. uh, Decision day. So, like, MLS already laid that out, Bone, so it'll be a fascinating little 24 hours here uh, in Columbus and across all the MLS cities across as the country. I will say, as soon as I saw that they put that out, I thought, this is this is a pretty good way to get everyone's whistle wet for the soccer and then to instantly be like, but if the mean players don't work with us, then I guess you won't have this season. I That's- thought it was done. I thought, like, that was the announcement of no. the CBA. No, that's that's how I took it. That was well, I mean, they realized that I'm stupid. So no, no, they were they were they wanted to make everybody believe that, like, it's really close to getting done. And see, we pretty much are all we're all together on this. We just got to, you know, as long as no one does anything crazy. And then, you know, if it doesn't get worked out, they can say it's the player's fault. Blame them. This is classic Garber, my friend. This is. This is dong donging at his best. This is what he yeah. does. So, yeah, that's all right. They'll get it sorted out. I do believe they'll. The good news is they have now given themselves an extra month to work it out because usually the season starts first of March. So pushing back to the first of April means you may not lose anything, right? Even if there is like a month long prolonged argument about what to do, eventually they can. it gives them more time to, to sort that out. So let's hope that's how it goes. But uh, before we get into any more of that stuff, Beam, uh, let's talk about how probably the next person who's going to win, like buy a team in the English Premier League, will probably be like some kid from Reddit who just made billions yeah, of dollars exactly. off of GameStop. <laughs> what a weird week that's been. That's uh, uh, man, we're living in an alternate reality. Like I've just I've come to the conclusion of that. It's like all right, well, you know, we have suspended reality for the world. It stopped spinning. The Earth stopped spinning in 2020. 
and we're just living in a simulation where Redditors take over <laughs> Wall Street and people are pissed off about it. You know what? It's just it's amazing the power that the Internet holds. Well, I'll tell you, that's right. And I, I will say that perhaps, perhaps, because people are like, what does this mean going forward? It's like, perhaps we should evaluate a financial system that can be undone by memes. You know, maybe we should re-examine, <laughs> like, <laughs> if somebody can just post, like, stocks and then everything goes to hell, <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to work on that just to tweak it a little bit is all I'm saying. Well, Adam Smith, let's, 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 you know, he's long since passed, but maybe we could ask him what he would do now that, uh, yeah, this is, uh, the stonks a- guy cracks me <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. All I know is if someone has done that and you are like a soccer fan, please buy a team, like go to one of these real shit ass United turn them into a yeah. premier there's no. so many shitty owners in soccer. Go go to yeah. one of those, you know, places and buy a team from them and turn it around and make it good and then enjoy. That that'll be cool. I think I hope somebody actually did make out like a bandit and then they go and buy a soccer team. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh because that would be a lot of fun. Uh what was not a lot of fun for you unfortunately was your uh team that we've been talking up the last few weeks, Manchester United. Looking great. They had been playing yeah. really well, mm-hmm. finding goals and they had to didn't have quite the same uh, run of fortune against the powerhouse known as Sheffield United. Uh, that was that was a bit unexpected. So talk about yeah, that loss. Was, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to talk about stonks uh, going up. I mean, stonks going down for <laughs> Manchester United. They are publicly traded uh, on Wall Street. So maybe we can get together on Reddit, Bone, and uh, really start start to try and boost up their equity. To the moon. Let's get some tendies. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we can take ownership away from the Glazer family. But, uh, no, it was uh, it was really bad yesterday. I mean, I'm sitting there watching it for that entire 90 minutes. Uh, lackadaisical at the back. And Axel Tuanzabe who I thought is, you know, I think he's still obviously going to have a great career at Manchester United bone, but he was, uh, he was out of place yesterday. Uh, And this, you know, it comes along with territory, right? I mean, you're Manchester United, you're running for a title. It's between you. It's between city. You got Leicester in the mix there. Liverpool are still hunting Tottenham in that discussion as well. So uh, one of the closest title races that we've seen in a long, long time, Uh, bottom of the tier table, you got to take them out. At whatever cost you got to do bone, you're at home, you're at Manchester United, you're, at Old Trafford, the theater of dreams, and it was a nightmare for him yesterday. I mean, Tuanzabe misses the header. De Gea gets pushed a little bit. It's 1-0. Luckily, Harry Maguire scores a beautiful little uh, header on a corner kick, and then uh, just horrible defending on the second goal that was given up by United. But congrats to Sheffield, man. They were the better team. They had the game plan going in. We are not going to let you run anything through the middle. They were unable to do that. The only goal that United scored was on a set piece, and they made them pay on the counterattack with sloppy defending. So congrats to them. They were the better team yesterday. And uh, for last week, talking about a title charge this week, uh, I wonder what that does to the mentality in the dressing room because that's a pretty soul-crushing defeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one, man. But I I think this is something that will test a little bit more of what Manchester United is as far as the makeup of this team, because that this could easily be a blip that happens. We've seen Liverpool and city have these blips as well in their, you know, triumphant campaigns. So it's, it's not unheard of that teams have a moment where you're like, wow, that's just a shocking result. But then the next week they climb. People got beat seven nil earlier earlier on this year. (laughs) Oh yeah, of course. I mean, but I'm saying like you, we've seen that. We've seen teams go up and down, 
if they can go on and next week get back on the horse and get back to kind of doing what they were doing before this game. And obviously, I mean, there was a refereeing, you know, a couple refereeing calls here where, you know, your, your goalkeeper gets bumped, their goalkeeper gets bumped and one is called a foul. One is not. And I mean that, that these are things that also factor in that should be mentioned. So I think there's an easy way for them to look at that and say, well, that was just a weird result. It's not indicative of where we are as a team and they move forward. And if they can get back the next two or three games and just, you know, pile up three points again, they'll be good. I, I, I wouldn't be too worried about that. But the question is, did that game plan unlock something that now all these other teams can say, yeah, actually, we're going to do that, too. And let's see if they can beat it. And that'll be the challenge for them, I think, going forward. So, yeah, and I do, too. And listen, I mean, you know, is it kind of just a drop in the bucket here where you weren't, weren't at your best? And, you know, obviously, I guess the, the worst thing you can do in sports radio is say time will tell, but it will. I mean, you're going to see the resolve uh, coming up. You got Arsenal coming up on the weekend. So no doubt a big game with that. A little derby between uh, North and South right there. One of the two most predominant clubs in England. So, uh, yeah, it is big, but the inconsistencies at the level. I mean, you know, you look back at the goal uh, that United gave up and the first one bone and I didn't think it was a foul. I thought it was a good no call. OK, that's fine. You know, kind of wrapped the hay up there, but, you know, whatever. No big deal. It happens. There's contact in the box, okay? It didn't look like an egregious amount of contact to me. You know, was it was it something that was premeditated? Maybe. That's fine. It's okay. De Gea's big. Got to go up there and punch it away. Tuanzabe's got to judge that header better. Uh, but, yeah, I thought Maguire did the same thing, and they called it a no goal there. So, uh, I don't know, just the consistency level. You thought with the introduction of VAR, you may be uh, able to get something back on that, but – uh, yeah, it just didn't work out in Manchester United's favor. And again, nobody's feeling sorry for him. But yeah, just the level of consistency, no doubt. I mean, I think from the refereeing, I think if you call it one way, you should call it the other. And Tim Howard on the you know halftime show uh, or whenever that happened, postgame show, whatever, he was saying the same thing. And you think as a goalie, I mean, he would know what the ruling should be on that, right? And uh, he said the exact same thing. So just a little more consistency, I think, from the refs would be pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to agree. So we'll we'll find out how that plays out for Manchester United over the next few weeks. But yeah, certainly a, a shocking result. So I thought if we've been talking about them when they're good, we got to talk about them when they're bad. And uh, yeah, that was not that was not their best effort, but that's all right. I think they're going to get back on the horse and be good to go. Uh, let's switch gears and talk a little transfer rumors because it is the silly yeah. season in MLS, buddy. It's a silly season everywhere. The transfer window's open, but. Uh, this this story that's out there, there's been a few different ones that have come out. This one caught my eye. The crew being linked with a Colombian winger, possibly. Yeah, William. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's pretty big news. If that's the is that is that sources? <laughs> Hashtag sources. All yeah, right. Exactly. All I right. Got good. Sources on that. Mm-hmm. Good. I got plugs in Bogota bone. We're good yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, so the rumor is uh, this guy. I can't. I've seen his name either as Hamilton Campaz or Leandro Campaz. That is apparently his full name, Hamilton Leandro Campaz. Anyway, he is a Colombian forward who plays for Tolima, which, of course, I knew is a stalwart in the Colombian Premier League. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, if, if you don't follow Colombian soccer, I mean, I can't blame you if you don't know that. But yeah. I knew I mean, it. Get clearly. out of here if you don't follow Colombian soccer. Of course. I mean, I, I clearly didn't just Google that and find it out when I saw this rumor, but anyway, there are a couple of MLS accounts and there are reports coming out of Columbia that say he's on his way to MLS. And the reports say that he's either been signed by Columbus or Charlotte, which I find interesting because Charlotte doesn't start playing until next season. 
So yeah. he's a 20-year-old player. Now, obviously, I would assume if they did that, it would be some kind of arrangement where he would continue to play with his club now, and then Charlotte would you know, bring him in the winner of next year and get him ready to go. But yeah, that's I, I don't know. I, I kind of I'm not sure where the this is where it makes it very uncertain for me, but he's five six to five seven, depending on what you look at. He's twenty years old, and he's a player that last year was working to break in with this Colombian team and become a regular starter there in the central midfield. Uh he also plays on the wing. Last year transfer market had his value at like eight hundred thousand dollars. The transfer number now they're saying is like over four million dollars to bring him in. So let let's just pause right there Good for a bit second. Of business right there. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and this happens every year with MLS teams, and this is just something to keep in mind. A lot of times, what these agents will do is they will have legitimate interest. They will be reached out to by MLS teams, and then the local team will say, "Yeah, you you can have our player." for 70 million dollars or whatever some uh, some ridiculous number and then just like they do with you know small medium and large when you go to a restaurant it's like the small is three dollars the large is six dollars but the medium is 550 and you're like ooh, well, mm-hmm. for 50 cents more i could get the large and it's like why wouldn't you get the small it's much cheaper but the the point being that's what they're doing with these transfer values it's like well they they said his value is four or five million dollars what if we could get it for two million where in reality, that may not even be what he is as a player. So could this be that there is some, you know, some some inflation of his value going on by this Colombian sure. team or by his agent? Of course. Uh, but let's just live in a world where, because this is not the first one, there was also a rumor that the crew were in on some uh, <laughs> some defensive midfielder who was valued at $19 million. And I just okay. laughed my ass off because... You you have like one of the most deep defensive midfields in all of certainly MLS, but maybe even like the on the continent, and you're going to go out and pay twenty million dollars for a depth guy? Like no no chance. So obviously some of these rumors are crazy. I do think they're pretty deep at the wing and central mid too. But hey, if uh, you know you got a you got a big campaign coming up here where you got a lot of different tournaments that you're in, so. If, if they're willing to spend three or four million dollars on a transfer fee to bring a guy in who's a young player, count me as interested in that. I'm I I don't know if it's real, but I'm interested and I kind of hope it is. Yeah. And I think that's been uh, the biggest, biggest thing. Right. I mean, you look back to the new ownership group bone uh, and the new management group that's coming in. I think they've all been on the same wavelength, which is great to see uh, an organization that's kind of speaking their own languages uh, and they're really understanding each other. And we know the, you know, the, the, the business of soccer uh, it can get sideways sometimes, but really Tim Bezbachenko, going back to what I said you know, a few months ago, hasn't put a foot wrong. So really anything you do, uh, they've already made some signings. We talked about that on the last podcast, but you know anything they do and you're bringing over young players with hopefully the ability uh, to turn them into really good and then sell them at a higher price. I mean, we understand kind of where we're at on the pecking of world soccer uh, to be able to do that and continue to be a, a, a youth league now uh, that's going to have a lot of power. Like I'd love to see it, man. So, you know, if this guy comes over good for him, if not, I still have the faith that the crew are going to get it done and they're still going to do a good bit of business. So, I mean, really uh, it's kind of a win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I like, I don't know, again, I don't know if any of this is real. I just like that these are at least rumors that exist because the other two teams that are interested in this guy reportedly are Boca and River. So those are two of your Argentinian big boys that are down there saying, 
we're interested in this guy. I like hearing that the crew are kind of at least at that level. You know, I like hearing yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, and if it if it isn't actually true and it doesn't work out, that's fine as well. Obviously, we know they are tremendously talented. Uh, you know, outside on on both wings, and they have plenty of depth in the center of the field too, because Pedro can slide in there. Um, I do wonder what that means. Like, if that, I, I can't imagine that they would be spending four or five million dollars to bring a player in if they didn't have plans to use him. And then that right. makes me wonder, like, well, what is because Luis Diaz had a huge, you know, second half of the year. I thought he played really well. Is is that something where they think that there might be a deal in the mix for him, uh, and then they can uh, you know have a player that's already ready? I don't know. That's I'm not sure what that means. And again, like we said, we might be spending way too much time on this. It all might just be a ridiculous rumor. But in either case, I enjoy ridiculous rumors. We know that you like to go to some of Evil Bald Collins' deep dark places in the internet. Of course, that's right. You have to. You have to. It spices up life. So you want to get all the rumors out there you can. But in either case, I'm excited for whatever happens with the MLS season. Assuming we have one, which I do think they will, but uh, just be prepared, as we talked about earlier, be prepared for there to be some bumpy news for the next, I don't know, three to four weeks. Like if they if they come out in the next 24 to 48 hours from when we record this and say, yeah, the, the owners have locked out the players because the players won't do their demands like just know that's a tactic. It's not going to I don't think it's going to derail the season because they will eventually get a season in and they have an extra month to get this figured out. But uh you can't it, it it'd be really funny if like the crew announced this signing and then they also were like oh but the owners can't afford to pay anybody so you have to lock out the players be like well you guys are doing business you guys are making deals so i'd like to find out which of that is real and which is not uh let's switch gears now and talk about the copa italia because uh there was a tremendous dust up in that game uh between uh-huh. inter milan and ac milan the milan derby as many would call it uh, Romelu Lukaku playing for Inter, and of course, Latan Ibrahimovic for AC Milan, formerly of Inter, so and formerly of AC Milan. So, yes, this, and both formerly of Manchester United. Yes, so both teammates at Manchester United, and uh, famously not totally getting along when they were in Manchester United. Uh, so, this is a situation where the two of them started to get into an argument after Lukaku got fouled, but not by Zlatan. He got fouled by one of the other players for uh, Milan, and then. Uh, they there was just a bunch of arguing and shouting, and because there's no one in the stands and there's no actual crowd noise, you could hear this argument, and it it was a wild argument. Beam, I don't know if you got to see everything that was said. I don't know what said. was said. Uh, so, you know, I saw kind of the highlights of of this video when it came out. I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. So I turned the game on. Uh, I think it was on ESPN Plus is where you could find it. Uh, and so I, I turned that game on, Bone. And I'm sitting there watching in this and, you know, the announcer's like talking over and I'm like, just for a second, like we get a look inside of like what is being said and just let us hear all this stuff that is being flown around the field right now. Like, I don't know, man, it was, uh, it was pretty nasty. What was, what was going on? And, you know, we know that Zlatan, obviously big ego, right? I mean, that's not, of course. Yeah. Yeah, it's not breaking any news or anything. And if you're striker and Romelu Lukaku, like you're probably wanting to go out there. It's a big derby match, big rivalry, as we know. Two teams share the same city, share the same stadium. And I'm sure both of those guys want to go out there and outshine each other, uh, especially, you know, being some of the best strikers in the league. Uh, and so you just watch that, man, and unfold. Because it's usually bone right. I mean, it's a defender or midfielder against an attacker or opposite way. Rarely do you have attacker on attacker crime, and mm-hmm. that's 
we saw. And like, by the way, I'm not messing with either two of those guys. Like, those no. are two of the sport. Like, I don't know who would win in a fight between the two, but maybe uh, you know, for the next Dustin Poirier Conor McGregor fight, like, yeah, let's put that <laughs> as an undercard because that's something I'd like to see. Yeah. Well, also, I mean. Like those two guys. So the reportedly what was said, and you can hear some of this on the video, was that Ibrahim, like Zlatan kept saying, go do your voodoo bleep, go do your voodoo bleep and then called him a little donkey. So the voodoo stuff is believed to go back to this story that came out in 2018 where Lukaku was rumored by Farad Mashiri. He reported or said that the reason Lukaku left Everton was because a witch doctor advised him to join Chelsea. And so that was mocked and a lot of people made fun of him for that. He has denied that and has Lukaku and has actually threatened to sue Moshiri over that comment. So it sounds like that's what Zlatan was bringing up and that was part of what set him off. Uh, apparently, <laughs> that's when Lukaku said back, F you and your wife, you little B. Uh, and then he said you and then and I could hear this part where he was saying you want to speak about my mother you want to speak about my mother like he's just saying mm -hmm. that over and over and so then uh, they like and then he's yelling you want to go inside like you know let's go fight and so at the end of the half like they're still arguing and like Lukaku has to be restrained multiple times in this situation but uh, it worked out because Slotten got sent yeah. off later in the game <laughs> worked out for Lukaku at least because Zlatan got sent off later in the game for a so he got they both got yellow carded for this argument Zlatan had a foul that I thought was I, I thought it was an iffy call at best I don't know if you get to see the replay but it was it was very like a light touch and if anything it's a foul but it's not a yellow card in my mind they called it a yellow card uh that was his second so he got sent off and then later on in the half in the second half Lukaku there was a penalty in the box Lukaku steps up to take it and damn near missed it. He roofed it. It bounced off yeah. the crossbar and went down and in. But I mean, he blasted that thing and it was just inches from being a huge embarrassment. But then that tied the game up and then Inter uh, wanted, I wanted to say it was Christian. Inter Milan or Inter Miami? Which one are we? I, you know what? That's fair. I don't know which one. It could have been either <laughs> Inter. It is so hard to keep them straight now because of damn you, David Beckham. And you're dueling inters that now I have to try to figure out who we're talking about. This is so tough. But yes, you said soccer players that you wouldn't want to mess with. I'm trying to think of who else. Who else? Is there anybody else you'd Ruben put in that? Ruben Nisselroy, number one on the list. Or him mm. or Eric, Eric Cantona. No yeah. thanks. I'm no, well, Eric Cantona will kick a fan. Like you don't even have yeah. to be on the, in He'll the game. He'll just into the stands for that. <laughs> Ron Artest style. Yeah, actually, speaking of flying into people, I would say uh, Nigel de Jong was also a guy that you don't want to mess with, right? He Martin was Sturdle for me too. Oof, I mean, yeah, bad, bad boy. No thanks. Yeah. But dude, like it's there was if you go watch the uh, the foul that got Zlatan sent off, like I think it's probably because of the interaction, don't you think? Oh uh, yeah, of course it was. But if you watch, yeah. One of the other Milan, one of the other AC Milan players is is running next to him, and he kind of almost bumps into him, and then gets out of his way. When you see the size of those two individuals, where like Zlatan is is a big man, and we know this, but then when you see him compared to like another guy on the field, and the other guy looks like a child compared to Zlatan, like it's just that's a big dude. Lukaku's a big dude. They both have no problem getting sticking their face right into your face. They, no, thank you. 
I want no part of either of those guys. But I'm with I think you. Also, Wayne Rooney for me as well. Like I'm, I'm good. I would take a swift pass on. Uh, yeah, I think I think especially <laughs> especially like early in his like now like yeah, the, Pitbull, the, Pitbull the Rooney Wayne you, Rooney like at Everton or early days in Manchester United. Yes, yes. Like World Cup against Cristiano Ronaldo, whatever year that was. Was it 2000 and what did that been 20, 2008 or 2006? Like, no, yeah. thanks. Yeah, I, I, no, I would not want that. I will, and I still contend Wayne, Wayne Rooney had perhaps, like he said, so many great highlights in his career, but arguably, arguably my favorite because there's, you know, quite a few, but one of the best for him that I've ever seen is that play he had when he was with DC United. Yeah, where sure. They, their goalie was up on, you know, an end of the game situation. Goalie came up to try to, like, you know, get a goal it gets cleared out and he's the odd man back trying to you know he tackles the ball away turns up field and then hits a i don't know 80 yard cross that goes for a header oh that was ridiculous but yeah that's a bad man uh, you know he's a bad man worth you know millions and millions of dollars now so it's you're less of a bad man but so are these guys we're just talking about all those dudes we just mentioned all are worth millions and millions of dollars and Still wouldn't want to come across any of them, you know, in a, in a bad way. Like, wouldn't want to accidentally bump them in the wrong situations. So. Or Harry Maguire if you're a Mykonos, if you're a police officer. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll take a break when we come back. The fallout from Chelsea. They spent a bunch of money and still had to fire their legendary head coach, at least their legendary player turn coach. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Bone & Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Of course, you can interact with us on Twitter at Bone Beam United. Please also, if you get a chance, leave a review for the show. That always helps people find it. So, uh, yeah, new schedule we're doing every week. We've been trying to stick with that after the uh, holiday break. So expect more from us this year and hopefully not have months where yes, we just but forget expect to... less from us this year. Maybe more <laughs> podcasts, Bone, but way more. Oh, yeah. More podcasts, less actual good. Less yes. talent, less <laughs> less content, less talent, less of anything actually good. But there will be more of these to download. So there you go. If that's your thing. Dude, now I'm so have excited. It. I mean, you know, I know that as we're kind of heading into the month of February and 2020 sucked. And really the last time, Bone, you know, as we creep up here, you know, at least in America to uh, Super Bowl time, it just uh, reminds me, man, you know, this time last year we were getting ready for our, our watch party at Lambert. Uh, yeah, it's, I know. It's been a year since that. I cannot wait to be able to actually sit in a bar and drink a couple of beers and watch some soccer uh, with you and the great listeners we have of this podcast, man. It was, uh, it was one of the best times I had last year. Not many like shining moments from the year 2020. That was fun. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm missing that, man. I, I really do. I miss yeah. you. I miss, I miss getting able to interact with our listeners and stuff. So you're going to have to make that happen when we're all good. I agree. I miss you too. And I miss being able to do that with the the listeners and, Here's the thing. I was looking at this is episode number 72 for our show. Um, if we can stay on the every week thing, uh, we should be by like the end of um, I'm thinking here, hopefully by the end of the summer, we should be creeping up close to episode 100. So wouldn't it be great if everyone can get the vaccines and we can actually get back to some pretty good normalcy? We get back to the station and we can have an event around our 100th episode where we could actually do that that's 
I don't know. I don't, I'm just putting it out there. Fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. But I will tell you, I have severely missed all, all of the bar interactions and all the ways you can go to a bar. You know, you've got the, you know, the, the, the nice breweries now that have so many different options for you, but I'll tell you what else I just miss. I miss being able to just get like a pile of wings, buffaloes, like buffalo wings with that type of sauce. And then just a really tall light beer, whatever, just a lager. Like I don't, I'm saying I also miss that. I miss all of that. Like, I just want to sit somewhere with like 30 wings and a couple of tall beers and just watch a soccer game, eat wings at nine o'clock in the morning and drink beer. That's what I want to do. Is that so wrong? I don't think no, so. No, absolutely not. It's it's not wrong. Yeah. Damn right it's not wrong, wrong bone. <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's hope we can get to uh, episode 100 and have everybody out and maybe have a big party for that too. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, let's get back to uh, talking about this big situation in Chelsea where we, th- we thought this might be happening. It did come about eventually. Kind of hard to believe in a way because it's Frank Lampard and he is such a legend. But as we know, when it comes to Premier League soccer, really doesn't matter what you've done before. Doesn't matter, you know, in the case of Leicester, if you're the coach who led them to a title inexplicably the year prior, you can still be out on your ass the next year. Uh, Frank Lampard is out. Thomas Tuchel, formerly of Borussia Dortmund, is Tukes. in. Yeah, the Tukes. Good old Tukes is coming in. So let's talk about both those situations. I guess first, let's talk about the new man in. So they just had their first game under him, and uh, it wasn't exactly a sterling affair. But I'm I'm not – I don't think it's – I think it's a little too early to pass judgment there. He's going to have, you know, a few weeks to kind of get the squad together, figure out where pieces fit. But that's his major challenge and one you would think that's going to be good for Christian Pulisic is that this is a guy he had a lot of success under when he played for him at Dortmund. So you would think for Pulisic, this is not a situation where a new coach has come in and said, let me tell you who the problem is. It's that guy right there. Like, if anything, Pulisic will – he's been good anyway, but this will hopefully continue to allow him to flourish at Chelsea and hopefully give him more of a chance to, you know, figure out exactly what he can do there. Yeah, and so it is. It's a fascinating scenario. I mean, going back, you know, to his run at Chelsea, obviously club legend. I mean, one of the best players to ever don the Chelsea blue. Uh, It was just really wild to see him come up from Derby County, uh, of course, in 2018, uh, and then led him to the led him to the final, I believe, in the championship. So almost got up uh, to the Premier League bone, and then he was appointed as uh, Chelsea's coach a year later, right? Leave twenty the end of or the beginning of twenty eighteen into nineteen, then nineteen into twenty twenty one. Uh, it's just it's crazy, man. How quick you how quickly you can flip a script. And I was watching, I believe it was last week uh, when things started to get really bad uh, for him. And I think it was the Lester, you know, the mm, uh, the Lester yeah. result. Which I think it was the final nail uh, in the coffin for him. And I forget who was doing the broadcast. They were just talking about how Brendan Rodgers was just out managing him. Right, came up from the youth club system. Uh, and just had years and years of management experience and, you know, how, how difficult life can be in the big city, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have these just uh, – are they unreasonable expectations? No, probably not. You spent t- over $200 million this summer uh, trying to get your team in order, and you bring in Ziyech over from Ajax, who I thought was going to be a great player, and Havertz uh, and Werner and all these different guys. And it just hasn't meshed at all for them, uh, and it's been really crazy. Disappointing for them for sure. I mean, it's still, it's not like the season's over. They get plenty of time to be able to track back up, but, uh, you know, still in the Champions League. They were the first team to qualify into the round of 16, so that's good for them. Uh, but, yeah, with Thomas Tuchel coming in, man, you know, you look at his stops, and he was at Dortmund, like you said, with Pulisic doing a good job. 
just got canned from PSG. Uh, different expectations, I guess, with PSG when you got Kylian Mbappe and Neymar and those lot uh, out there playing. But, I mean, massive expectations now for Tuchel to be able to kind of come and turn this thing around. But uh, really, really disappointed in Frank Lampard. And I'm sure he'll be the first to tell you that he's disappointed in himself. Yeah. I wonder as well what happens with him going forward because, I mean, you could argue, like you said, he got outmanaged by, you know, plenty of not just not just Brandon Rogers, but lots sure. of managers who – had more experience in general as managers. And while I do think there is a place for the former player who can come in and just motivate a team, there's obviously going to be a limit to that as well. And when you're given the type of cash reserves that he was to go out and get a team together this offseason and then for it to just look this bad, it'd be one thing if they didn't spend anything this offseason then you could at least say, well, what are you going to do, right? I mean, they didn't improve the team. Everyone else did. But they they made a bunch of moves that should be exactly what Frank Lampard was wanting, and he couldn't figure out how to use the pieces he brought in. So I wonder this. That job would have always been there for him at Chelsea, right? Like, let's say he yeah. just stayed at Derby County or he went on and, and managed other teams, you know, did that again, went back down at, you know, state and championship level and managed another team. And just, you know, maybe he didn't want to manage in the Premier League against Chelsea, but he thought, I'm going to manage in championship and I'm just going to keep doing that and, and bringing teams along and learning how to do this. What if he had done that for five or 10 years and then the Chelsea job, which would, which the Chelsea job is going to come open on average every two to three years. So yeah, exactly. if, if not sooner. So, you know, that if you're building your resume as a coach and you're learning how to do this, by the time you get up there, you're going to have every opportunity, especially as a club legend to get that job whenever it comes open. I just think maybe he rushed into this a little bit, you know, not that he had no experience as a manager, but certainly not the level that I think in hindsight would have been better for him. So I wonder where do you go now? Are you, if you're Frank Lampard, do you just sit on the sidelines for a while? Do you go take another Premier League job if one gets offered to you, which probably won't happen anytime soon? Do you drop down a level and go back to what you know in championship and try to rehabilitate your image there? Almost like, you know, when coordinators go to the, you know, Alabama or some of the other sure. SEC schools when they're ousted as NFL coaches. And then you do that for a year and then eventually you get another head coaching job. I don't know where this goes for Frank Lampard, but I'm curious what you think as to what the next move would be for him. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, you just don't know, you know, what his mentality is like. I mean, is it so strong to say, no, I mean, it's Chelsea. I'm not going to settle for less. Uh, or is it kind of bone the inner self-realization? Like I need to get better at this managing. And so whether or not that's him kind of taking a playbook out of Zinedine Zidane's route and going to going to man. Now I'm, I know that Zidane's one of the best managers in the world, right? I mean, you know what he's done with Real Madrid, it's a whole different beast, but you know, kind of looking yourself in the mirror and saying, all right, you know, I need to do this. Maybe he drops down to a youth team and maybe, you know, comes his way up like that. I mean, is he going to be offered another premier league job? Like you said, probably not. I mean, with the, with the run of form that Chelsea was in, which ended up getting him fired. Um, but I think probably the best scenario for him would be, you know, kind of the step back. And like I said, I don't know if it's in a youth coaching role I don't know if it's getting in with one of these teams and, you know, just being an assistant coach for a long time and figuring out the X's and O's. Uh, it's obvious that he got it done at Derby, but it's a whole different animal when you're talking about in the Premier League and being one of the big six teams. It's it's a different world. And so I think the best course of action, kind of be real with yourself and say, I need to be better before I take one of these big jobs again. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the case, too. And obviously, he's not a guy that's hurting for money. 
so, <laughs> so <laughs> he can afford to wait it out. You know, I, He's I, doing I, this fine. I wonder if it would make sense for him. And I'm, I'm not saying that this would, but I wonder if it would make sense for him to go off to another, you know, go to the U.S. Like what if, you know, come here to coach an MLS team or, you know, drop to another league even that's not in England and just go learn it through another way or maybe hop on as like a consultant, right? Like, yeah. Like right. Thierry Henry did and like others have done where you're just, no, I'm not coaching anymore. I'm just here to kind of be a guide and learn and all that. And then as you're in that spot, maybe a chance comes open in that league or with that team to manage again. And then you go from there. I mean, clearly we have seen how many guys, I mean, the other thing is he could just stay in England and take a job every other, you know, 18 months and be one of these, you know, taxi coaches that every time someone gets fired, they get a taxi, they go and they're coaching and then, 18 months later they're fired and then they wait 10 months and then they get hired again and he could go on that carousel too I guess but yeah I'm curious to see what he'll do he certainly got the wherewithal hey maybe he could call up David Beckham and say hey can I be a consultant there you know yeah there you go coming in and help uh, manage yeah so that that'd be certainly something that you could see him doing as well who knows but uh in the meantime Chelsea's got a 220 million dollar problem and I wonder, do you think Tuchel can turn it around there at Chelsea, or do you think this is going to be a long rest of the year for them? Where do you see this going as we uh, head into the second half of the season, or well yeah, into the second half at this point? Yeah, it's it's fascinating, right? Because I think yesterday was uh, Tuchel's first. Now, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it would have been yesterday. Wednesday is when they played nil-nil draw uh, against Wolves at home. Obviously not the result they were looking to get. They're trying to do anything they can, Bone, uh, to climb back up that table. Now, luckily for them, or maybe not, uh, they they've got Sheffield this weekend. So if you're thinking, all right, that's the worst team in the Premier League. I was going to say, are you, you talking about the hottest team in the Premier League? Which yeah, one? Are we- <laughs> exactly. You know, you saw United struggle with them, so maybe you don't want to play the Blades right now. I have no clue. But you look at where they're at on the table: thirty or excuse me, eighth uh, with thirty points, only three spots behind or three points behind Tottenham and Everton, sitting there at sixth and seventh, four spots behind Liverpool. Uh, so they're not dead yet. The only thing that has has them going against, I mean, they're two games uh, behind. So two games behind Tottenham and Everton. So yeah. a lot of ground to keep up with now with 18 matches left to go. I think Tuchel's style is going to be good for him, though. Young players, he knows how to coach those guys, knows how to get the best out of them. Certainly at Dortmund, maybe a too big of a job that he took at PSG. Uh, I think this team fits him. I think he'll do well. It's going to be a mighty struggle for them to get back into the top four, though, with the way that the rest of the table is kind of shaping up. Yeah, I-, I will say this, and this is the last thing we'll leave you with on the Chelsea deal. Imagine years and years ago as a fan of watching international soccer and hearing that a team has a young American star and at least a little bit of what went into the decision to bring in a new coach after one got fired was that the new the young American star would probably have a good relationship with this head coach. And that's an important thing. (laughs) Right. Like Thomas Tuchel having a previous relationship with Christian Pulisic had to be at least a small piece of why this happened. Right. Obviously, he was successful with other guys not named Christian Pulisic. But point being, like in years past, it would be like, oh, well, that's, you know, like when Josie Altidore was playing at some of his, you know, stops in the Premier League. They were never hiring a coach to be like, well, let's keep Josie Altidore happy. You know what I mean? Or let's make sure this coach can get the most out of him. Like I'm no knock on him. I'm just saying that just shows you how how much Chelsea still thinks of what they've invested in in Christian Pulisic. So I tend to think that bodes well for him, and I think that's good for American soccer as well because uh, don't look now. We are, what, 18 months or so away, a little less than two years, probably the better way to say that, from the next World Cup. So 
We're going to see a lot of that over the summer. We're going to see a lot of the you know national team rising up and getting involved and got to start seeing these guys pick their games up. And Pulisic certainly is going to have to continue to improve uh, if the U.S. hopes to have a chance in the World Cup in a few years. But lots of time to discuss that as we move forward. So uh, that's it for me, Beamer. You got any other plans that you've got this weekend that you're doing? Anything Oh, uh, Just fun? day trading, Bone. Just getting on, uh, you know, getting on the old day trading machine, trying to find the next hottest stock. The next hottest stonk uh, yeah. to take to the moon. I'm so. I am uh, I am taking Toys R Us and Blockbuster to the moon. That's <laughs> okay. please no. I I don't even think you can trade those things. But please God, if they if you can, do not listen to that. I was just a joke. I do not want to get sued. That is not a thing. All right, that's it for us. Tendies for everyone, and we mm. will see you. Guys. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week right here on Bone and Beam United. <laughs>